about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. And we never have been, uh, you know, in a time where people need to consider being all in with the Lord like now. If you're not, I don't know why not. There's never been more opportunity for you to learn God's Word, to hear God's Word, to read God's Word, and with the movies that are out there, including The Chosen, to see God's Word. So if you're not growing closer to God in an intimate way every day, you're missing the huge opportunity you were born to be in. And that's the, the opportunity to have victory. Are you having victory over your life? Are you having victory in your life? Are you having victory over home, business, social, mental, physical, spiritual, financial? Or, or not? And if not, why not? You know, I'll, I talk to a lot of people, I have the opportunity to do that, and it's interesting to listen to people give the reasons why their life isn't going the way it should. And, you know, or if the reasons why they're not succeeding. So that's called blaming, you know, blame stage. There's four stages, I've talked about them many times. That's the building stage where you really get into the Word of God and you really dig into it and build and build and build by, by putting it in. And then you begin to manage the Word and learn the Word and, and get it from your head to your heart in a way that becomes very significant so that when something happens, you don't run and hide. It comes out of your heart that you're not afraid, that I've not been given a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. And though the mountains tumble into the sea and the earth be done away, still will I not fear. Do you do that? Or do you do the opposite? So we're talking about victory, and we're talking about how to live in it. So do you live in victory? And if not, why not? That's the question. So... Let me ask you a question. If you're a Christian and you're listening to this by any chance, those two coincidences happen to coincide, then my question is, did Jesus die on the cross for you to pay the price for your sins? And of course, you should answer, yes, he did. Then the Bible tells us he descended into hell and stayed there until the third day where he arose out of the pit, victorious, having defeated every principality, power, and ruler that, that Lucifer has in his army, in his whatever you want to call it. It's not even a, an army anymore. It's kind of a, a chaotic group with a chaotic leader. But Jesus was the first human to rise from the dead out of the pit 
so that you and I don't have to taste death and be sentenced to hell because of what happened in the garden, which you will find all out about when you get there. You'll, find, you'll be able to see exactly what took place. But right now, do you believe Jesus did that? Yes, you say. I believe he did that. Then he redeemed you. What did he redeem you from? He redeemed you and I from the curse that was attached, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that was attached to the sin that Adam committed, which was high treason, in the garden. So we have been redeemed. He paid the price for our going along with sin, being born into a world that listens to the original sin of Adam, which was, there must be a better way than trusting God. I can do this myself. I can... I. I that's what, that's what Lucifer told Eve. He said, did God say you will surely that you will die? He questioned God. And Eve brought it to Adam. And Adam then questioned God and allowed Lucifer to lead him off of the path he was on, which was total intimacy, total trust in his creator, God the Father. And with that total intimacy and total uh, in, uh, connection, trust that he had in the Father, he could believe for anything and have it manifest instantly in his hands. What a life that must be. Could you imagine that you can imagine yourself Believing for something, expecting to see it manifest instantly? Well, that is the original intent of the Creator for us. But you say, but that doesn't even come close to that art on earth. No, it doesn't. But we have got to learn that Jesus went to the cross went into hell and defeated our enemies. Now, who's our enemies? Well, Lucifer, number one. One-third of the angels, the Bible tells us, left with him and got kicked out of heaven and serve him on the earth. The demonic are here. What is their job? Their job was to torment you and keep you from ever recognizing that God redeemed you, that you don't have to still be under the curse because Jesus was made a curse that hung on a tree and he paid the price so that you and I could live again as Adam. Jesus was called the second Adam. Therefore, he, not you, he, Jesus, defeated our enemy and enemies. They're all defeated. Jesus defeated them. Let's say it again. Jesus defeated them. Not you. Jesus. We know that. 
Okay, now what? Well, if they're defeated, why aren't you acting like they're defeated? Why do we act like we're still in a battle? And I do. I talk to Christians that are fighting spiritual battles. I mean, they are. You have no idea what a battle I'm in. Excuse me. Excuse me. If Jesus defeated them, why are you fighting them? Explain to them they're defeated. Get out of my life. That's where Christians, in a lot of cases, have no clue who they are, who we are. Who are you? You are a child of God. A child of God. And God loved you so much that he built you to be able to self-sustain forever. Then Adam blew it. And he loved you in spite of it. He said, oh, man. And immediately launched a plan to get us back. And he did it. His plan was to send Jesus into the earth, do all that he did. Be the sample son, die on the cross, raised from the dead, so that you and I, could be restored as if Adam had never fallen. So what's the holdup? What's the hang-up? Why are Christians walking around with their heads down, broke, busted, sick, and disgusted? That's the question. Do you not believe that Jesus defeated your enemies and has prepared a banquet for you in the presence of your enemies? Or did you not read that? And if you did read that, why didn't you believe that? What do you believe? Now, here's the situation. Let's say you're going to a, a beautiful uh, play in New York or somewhere that you've always wanted to go to, and you bought the tickets and you bought the best. You saved up because you always wanted to go. And you got front row, middle tickets to this theater performance or whatever. It could be a Super Bowl game. But you got the suite or you got the best seat. <clears throat> and you paid a lot to get that seat. And you get there. And someone is sitting in your seat. What do you do? You look at your ticket number, you look at the seat number, you say, hey, you're in my seat. And they just smile at you and go, ha, ha, ha. You say, get out of my seat. And then you get help if you need it to get them out. They don't belong there. That's exactly the way it is for the body of Christ in every area of your life where Satan, Lucifer, tries to defeat you. He's sitting in a seat that was paid for by your Father in heaven. Get them out of the seat. Evict them. Don't engage in a battle. You don't have to fight him anymore. You have to dismiss him. You are dismissed. The name of Jesus paid for that seat. Get out of my life. The name of Jesus paid for my bills. Get out. 
The name of Jesus paid for my health. Get out. How often do you do it? Until they're out. Until he's out. What do Christians do? First of all, we're called to occupy. So if you've got that seat and you go there and occupy that seat because you paid for it. We take control and possess a place that we belong in. That's occupied. Jesus sent us to occupy until he comes. And what do Christians do? We, we tend to hide out and, and not want to be, let people know how we think. Well, it's time, if not already, way past time, but it's time to just let people know that you're here to occupy the seat at the banquet that was prepared for you before the foundation of the earth and paid for by Jesus' blood, it's time. It's time to occupy. Now, what's the opposite of occupy? Let's talk about the opposite. What do Christians do? They relinquish. Sometimes they vacate. Times are too tough. I I can't fight them. God's word, they leave. They abandon the mission. They surrender. They quit, they desert, or they discontinue. Do you know any Christians like that? Oh, you don't know my situation. You don't know how bad it is. I got a bad report from the doctor. Okay. Well, you got a report from the doctor, but you also got a report from the the Heavenly Father that says you've been redeemed from the report of the doctor. What are you going to do? Listen to the doctor? Or listen to your Father. So our Heavenly Father has prepared in His manufacturer's handbook, the Bible, He's given us an opportunity to receive the seat that He paid for. And it's a seat right up front. It's a seat of victory. It's a seat of victory. So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to enjoy that seat? Are you going to pretend or desert it, discontinue it, abandon it, vacate it, relinquish it? Are you going to demand that seat is paid for and has your name on it? That's the question. So which is it? In Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season... We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Do you lose heart? Are you losing heart? Or do you press forward to the mark? I think it's very important to understand that we can't back. We have to learn not to quit. We have to learn not to back down. But I think we're taught that we don't have control. So therefore, if we don't have control, God has control. He got control, but he got it for you, and he got it for me. He's told us to take dominion over it, take authority over it. That's what he's told us to do. In my name, go and take authority. In my name, do what I sent you to do. Occupy. I prepared a place for you. I prepared a seat for you, and you need to come and have the seat of victory at the banquet here on earth. 
That's what he's called you to do. How do we do that? Well, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Are you living your life by your own understanding? Are you living your life by only what you think and how you think things will work out? How will they go? How will this work? Or are you living life talking to the Father in an intimate way, getting instructions, and then boldly moving forward because He has given you the instructions because you have an intimate relationship with Him? So many Christians don't. They're so much in a hurry. We just have to go. We have to do things. You don't have time to meditate, to listen, to absorb. So my question to you is, what are you doing to get your instructions from the Father? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own directions, your own understanding. That's what Jesus came to restore that connection between us and the Father that Adam had. When Jesus was here, he said, I only say what my Father says, I only do. That's an example of how we're supposed to live. Do you seek that way of life, or do you not? <clears throat> Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Are you trusting in you? Are you trusting in other people that you listen to, to tell you what to do? Or are you trusting in the Lord? You have to make that choice. Which is it going to be? So we don't want to listen to our flesh. Our flesh is screaming at us all the time. I don't feel like it. I don't want this. I don't want that. Maybe this is the way I should do it. How does this work? How does that? We want to figure everything out. The more we mature in our faith, the more we realize we don't want to figure everything We want to trust in the Lord and lean not in our own understanding. We don't want to be under the curse. So the more you try to figure it all out yourself, figure out life, figure out who, who you're partner in life is, you know, who your spouse will be. That's a tough one all in itself. How can you figure that out? How could you possibly know? What, when you look at someone, did you see something that made you excited? Or did the Lord help you pick the person you're going to spend your life with so you don't end up in a situation that is just not fun? You want to enjoy your life. God has made a place at the table. What we need to do is take our place. So let me let me see here what I've written down here. Um, you know, if you're trying to figure everything out and God's saying, I would like to have the intimacy with you to get you the answers, then you have a house divided because you're trying to tell God how you think your life should go. Now, I know when you're younger, you have a, a tendency to be afraid to surrender to God, because God may not want what you want, because you think you want something that he wouldn't approve of. You'd be surprised. If it's in your heart, God put it there. Now, there are things that are just wrong, period. 
But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the good things. God's put in all of our hearts who you are. And who you are, he knows that before you tell him. He already knows who you are. You might think you're hiding something from God, but you're not. Believe me, he already knows it. And he's already figured out a plan for you to get what you want without hurting anyone or getting hurt yourself. He's figured out that plan, but we have to go to him and trust him in order to receive that information. So on a daily basis, taking instructions from the inner man, inner woman that God has placed in us through the Holy Spirit is what we are asking for. Father, give us the instructions on how to win victoriously today and every day. So do you take time in the morning to ask the Lord what you want, he wants you to do, where he wants you to go? If you're looking for a, a, an employment or job or, or situation, ask the Lord where to go and begin to trust that inner voice that's talking to you. So when we shut out that inner voice, which we've all been taught in growing up to just think for yourself, and, and get out there and, and get a good education and put your nose to the grindstone and you got to work, 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 work. Well, that's fine, but that is not what the Bible is telling us. It's telling us you have to work, but the work is in trusting the Lord. The work is in leaning not on your own understanding. So God, who created you, can show you a path that will make life, listen now, it'll make life easier, fun, complete. It will fill you to with the happiness you're looking for. And it happens because we're asking Him for instruction. We're trusting the Lord, the Creator who made us. So when you're seeking either money or health or a partner or whatever, ask the Lord. I, I, I do that on the simplest. You know, even if I'm going to buy a car, I want a certain price. I want it to be wherever I want it to be. I did that recently on a car. I determined the car I wanted, the color I wanted, where I want. I would not drive more than 25, 30 minutes, and the price, the everything. I determined it prior to and asked the Lord to send me, and he found it and sent me something that I never knew existed. Matter of fact, even while I was driving there, this particular car place, I never, and I knew the area, never knew it was there. But the Lord directed my path, and I got exactly the car for exactly the price, exactly color, everything that I wanted was sitting there waiting for me. That's just one little, little, little bitty thing. But there are big things in life that we all want, starting with health. If there's some reason that you're not completely healthy, seek the Lord's advice on how to change that. Now, let's say this. Every circumstance and situation that you're in, or me, or whoever, can be changed if you want to if you want it to be. But we have to realize that we shouldn't be the ones figuring out how to change it. We should ask our Heavenly Father, who dwells in us, 
how to change it. And listen. And he has prepared a place for everyone. That's the beauty of God Almighty. He, billions of people, and he has a plan for all and everyone who will receive it. That is who we serve. And that's why we praise him. That's why we worship him. That's why we thank God. We are to not be divided within ourselves, seek the Lord with all our heart, lean not in our own understanding. We're called to occupy wherever you are, wherever you've been sent, find yourself, whatever situation you're in, occupy for the Lord. It's to place you in control by listening to him. <clears throat> and, and we're not called to conquer. We're called to occupy. We got to get that. The, the, the battle's over. The good news is that Jesus beat everyone and we don't have to fight. We can enjoy heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back to finish this off and talk more about living in victory every single day of our life regardless of what's wrong right now. Let's talk about how to turn it around. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back, and uh, I hope you're having a great day. I hope that the Lord uh, is having an impact on your life each and every day. I hope you're becoming more intimate with the Lord. Intimacy is a process, and um, God wants us to become intimate with Him. And I think Sometimes we don't understand that word because we think it has to do with physical. And if you're so fortunate as to have a relationship that's very intimate with the Lord, and your spouse does as well, then that physical can extend towards incredible intimacy as a whole. But intimacy is not physical, it is spiritual. It is in knowing someone and knowing them uh, intimately. And so that is what God wants with each one of us. And, and now that we've learned the Word, now that we've, we, we've read the Bible, now that we have done this and done that, and let's take a minute and go inward and become intimate with the Father. Become intimate with our Lord. Because he loves us. He so loved the world. 
and he so loved all of us that he sent his son. So, intimacy. Um, intimacy is based on trust. I think the more we trust in God, the more we trust in the Lord, the more we uh, come to realize that we are intimately waiting because we trust His Word will never desert us. And that intimacy is really key. That trust is really key. If you have a relationship with someone that you feel close to, it's based on trust. If you can't trust them, then you can't be intimate with them. And that's what the Father in Heaven is, is leading us to. He wants intimacy. He wants our full trust. Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not in our own understanding. When we break trust with someone, um, then it's hard to rebuild. It is hard to rebuild. So we want to be trustable and trustworthy. And the person you're being trustworthy with needs to also be trustable and trustworthy. That's why in a, in a marriage, it's a covenant. It's a, it's a sacred covenant, and you don't break that covenant uh, by being not trustable. So we, we want to be trustable. We want to be that. Um, sometimes we are asking the Lord for something, and it seems like it's never going to come, or it's, it's, it's not coming fast enough. And I believe the Lord is always saying to us, He's ready, we're not. So, in what we call the length of time between a prayer and receiving the victory, is God not ready to give it to us? Why is he holding it up? And that would be a blame thing because people do get into a blame stage where they're blaming God because God said this or God said that and he didn't give it to me. I didn't get it right away. Well, God's always been ready to grant what we're praying for. That's what my message is. And he came to make a place for us at the table. But we are the ones that have to get ready to receive what it is we want. And so every time we point our finger at God, it's pointing back at us. Because we're the ones that have to relax, to trust, to go inward and ask the Lord. Have you asked the Lord? what to do in a particular situation? Or do you just quickly make decisions without consulting the Lord? Um, when, if you're someone who's married, picking a, a mate or a spouse is very difficult if you think you're going to do the picking. If you're born and you're not married, if, you were, if you're not married at this time but you were born 
into this earth and you're of age to get married, then your spouse, the woman who, or man that you are going to find, has already been born. So how do they get ready to meet you? And how do you get ready to meet them? And at different stages of our life, we are attracting different kinds of people. Some people attract people at a, a very early stage of their life that do not um, fit the way they're going to be at a later stage. Therefore, they wouldn't be a good choice, but they make that choice early on. If we were smart enough in seeking the Lord, we would not be in a hurry to do that, but ask the Lord to do that for us. But a lot of us didn't even know the Lord at that time. But yet he was working on our behalf because there's some really good marriages that have come out of uh, people that weren't knowing the Lord when they got married, but then knew the Lord together and grew together in that. So that's excellent stuff. But there are those cases where the Lord wasn't involved and they didn't get to have the good partner and things got bad. Regardless of where you find yourself, because we all find ourselves somewheres different. We're all somewheres out different. We grew up with different families, different backgrounds, different problems. So we all grew up into sin, original sin of some sort, because the whole earth fell into sin after Adam did what he did. So if we're born into it and our minds are just taught that these are the way this is the way to live or that's the way to live and and we don't know any better we have to renew our mind with the word of god that is the most important thing and how do we do that we renew our mind with the word of god so whoever it is you're looking to be partnered up with in business, in a marriage, anywhere, in a relationship of any kind. The, let the Lord orchestrate that. And don't worry about it. Just know that he has a plan. So the more intimate we become with the Father, the more we know he has a plan. All we have to do is acknowledge that he has a plan, and listen and seek first his kingdom and he will direct our path. So let me read another scripture or two here. Isaiah 55, 1. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Where's the waters? The word of God. It's living water. And you who have no money, Come, buy, and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. What the heck does that mean? That means you can have anything you want, and you don't have to have money to get it. Because your father has a plan, if you'll listen, to show you how to get what you want.
do we listen? That's the question. How much time do you spend listening to the Lord every day? For one, at my point in life, I'm choosing now to listen more than ever. And the older you get, the less time you'll have on this planet, unless Jesus returns. We're all going to live for eternity. But you want to use your time that you are given wisely. And the way to do that is to seek the Lord on where you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be with and what you're supposed to do and and finish out your life, if you're in that stage, as powerfully as you started it or more because you're listening more to the Lord. Matthew 12.35 A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. That means your heart is filled with good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. Well, how does that happen? If you seek the Lord and you seek His Word, you are learning how to love one another, because that is the great commandment, is it not? To love one another as Christ the Lord loved us, first loved us. So as we do that, we become, we're seeking the good treasure, and that good treasure brings forth good. How does that happen? An evil treasure brings forth evil. So what's in our heart is coming out. It's going to be attracted. And in John 6.63, it says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So Jesus is saying, the spirit words are life, and the flesh words profit nothing. So the words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Jesus said, choose life. I put before you both life and death. Choose life. Matthew 12, 32. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, so if you speak against Jesus, maybe you said in some point in your life, I don't want anything to do with him. He's nothing, right? It will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Why is that? Well, first of all, it's because the Holy Spirit is the frequency by which God communicates with each one of us. So if you reject the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting that channel by which God can direct you. And then he can't help you. And you're stuck with the flesh. We weren't made to be just flesh. We were made to be divine. We were made... Yes, we live in a flesh body, which has some benefits. I mean, get to enjoy some really good food. And and in the flesh, uh, humans enjoy their, their life together. 
you can enjoy, I enjoy driving really good cars and fine, fun cars, fast cars. We, we, we are of the flesh, but we are of the spirit. So we have the best of both worlds. It's like if you were a spirit without a body, but you could put on a visor and play in a video game and have all those experiences. Well, you have that within the context of your life. You are living out a life in a body. And we have the power of the spirit and the fun of the flesh if you allow it to be fun. There are some people whose flesh, are a pro- it's a problem. They have some health issues. But it can turn around if we use and trust the Word of God. We have to learn to listen to the Lord. Don't block the channel by which the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you. Welcome it. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Words that come out of your mouth are directing your life, whether you like it or not. You can get mad at me, turn this off, not, but you are putting yourself on a merry-go-round that keeps bringing you back to a place where you don't want to be if you allow the flesh to dominate your words. Now listen, we've been given a choice. We have all been given a choice to serve the Lord in a way that allows Him to direct our path. But you have to stop acting like you're the one who's God and surrender to a higher God, the God within you, the God who created you, the God who sent Jesus, and listen, listen, shh, hearken to the voice of the Lord. Open the channel to the Holy Spirit. Open the channel that He has created for you to listen to Him through and ask the Lord what's next. We usually get in trouble when we say, I got this. I don't need help on this one. I know how this works. And then we get mad and upset and we make quick decisions. Um, We just need to trust the Lord. That's what it keeps coming back to. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord for puts his hope in the Lord. Say, Art, I've done that. I've tried that. It just hasn't worked out for me. I don't know why God doesn't just get me what I want. It's probably because you got that attitude that I've got to get what I want. He's getting you ready to receive it. Time and the length of time that it takes to receive something varies. I believe only dependent on you and I, not on God. God's ready. He's done it all. That's the interesting part. Everything that you need and I need has already been granted. It's already done. 
It's already complete. All we have to do is receive it. Believe it. Take it. Get the guy out of the seat that you paid for, that Jesus paid for and gave you the ticket for. Allow God to excite our imagination. Are you afraid to believe good things can happen? Have you been trained so well that you just expect bad things to happen? We need to allow the Holy Spirit to train us into believing that good things can happen every day. Your imagination should be always going, man, I can't wait to see what's next. I can't wait to see what the Lord has for me today. Lord, what do you have for me today? I'm listening. Where would you like, who would you like me to call and bless? What would you like me to do today? That's what we have to learn more and how to do. <clears throat> Believing is seeing. Not seeing is believing. Believing is seeing what you're believing for in your imagination before you ever see it. It's, it's seeing it. I can see clearly in my imagination what I want. Your imagination is a workshop where you can create vivid pictures of what you want your life to be. And then listen to the Lord who created you on the steps to take to get the, that picture. He will create it for you. He made a machine that creates what you believe. But yet we live around people who want to see what they believe instead of believing what they see. You know, it's like we've got to change. We've got to have faith and believe it. <clears throat> faith can't work and won't work when you're blaming someone else for something. Blaming God. Blaming Maybe even you, yourself. But blame has to go. That's why forgiveness is the most powerful force right after love. Love is the most powerful energy ever. Love is a moving energy. We talked about that last week. But, but forgiveness has to be present in order to love. You can't fake it. So you, if, if you're mad at someone or you're upset with them, you must forgive them. If you're mad at God, you got to forgive God. He didn't do it. If you're mad at yourself, you got to forgive yourself. If you're mad, you're in blame. You're blaming something. You can't possibly move forward when you're blaming. Blame means you're a victim. I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of that. How about <clears throat> you're a victor, not a victim. And no matter what the circumstances is, where you find yourself right now, and some people have them, 
Well, whatever circumstance you're in, God has a victory for you. Can you begin to believe that? He has a victory planned for you and a victory party planned for you today. Our entire body, our entire system was made for love, not for blame, not for fear. You can actually create brain damage living in fear and and just always feeling like God doesn't love me or being depressed, broke, busted, sick, disgusted. That will create brain damage. It causes you to be the victim. You're not a victim. When you realize you're not the victim and you're the victor because you're joint heirs with Jesus the Christ who defeated all your enemies, when one day you realize that you are the victor and you know that you know that you know, no matter what, no matter what I see today, that will be put to my advantage by tomorrow. When you know that, you have an intimate relationship with the Creator who can turn everything and anything around. Now, the enemy knows that if he can get to your words, get into your heart, then he can get you. Because as you think in your heart, it comes out of your mouth, and you produce the fruit of your lips. You may not like that, but that is where it's coming from. So if there's anyone to blame, it's you. And the smartest thing you could do is silence yourself if you don't have something good to say. Because words are containers, they contain the seed of what we believe. And when we speak them, Mark 4.11, the sower sows the word. When you sow the word, you get what you sow. And the soil is the earth. It's the atmosphere where you're speaking into. So we have to create an atmosphere where the soil is rich and good. And then speak what we want. Imagine what you want. Put Jesus in the middle of it. And understand that he has delivered us from every evil. Every evil of this present world. And that is something we need to understand. We have no choice if we take our choice and make it evil. But we have every choice in the matter when we say to the Lord, this is the day that you made for me. I'm expecting the best. I believe, believing for the best. And I receive the best because I know I can believe for you to do something in my life to turn it around. So in wrapping this up, stop fighting wars that are already won. Jesus defeated all of your enemies. You and I need to rest in the Lord and listen to the Holy Spirit 
we need to acknowledge the fact that God has better answers to our problems than we do. We need to surrender to the Holy Spirit and seek His advice and expect to hear which way to go, which what to decide, how to handle any particular situation. And don't worry. Don't get all worked up and worried. If you had a bad report from a doctor, or if you've had a bad report from your banker, <laughs> or if you've had a bad anything, be peaceful. Be peace. Be still. Take it to the Lord and surrender to Him and acknowledge the fact that we want to trust in the solutions that Almighty God is providing for us via the Holy Spirit in us because we are going inward and listening for the advice that He has for us. He loves us. He created us. He made us in His own image and likeness. You are a creator. You are a creator. He is the master creator. And He created you in His image and likeness. So what are you and I creating in our world right here on earth? Because wherever we go, it should become the Garden of Eden as it was before the fall of Adam. And if not, why not? That's the question we started with. That's the one we'll end with. If not, things are not going the way they're supposed to, don't blame God. Blame you. And get out of your own way. Forgive yourself because Jesus forgave you. And plead the blood of Jesus over the situation. And then seek the Lord. Lord, What's the answer? What do you want me to do? And listen. Listen. God will always show up when we listen. He's been trying to get a word in edgewise. Let's give him a chance to really tell us what to do. So today, Lord, we surrender to you and seek your way, not our way. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you again next week on All In. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.